Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hi, it's Jessica. Before we get started, I want to take a quick moment to thank all of you, our community of devoted listeners. If you're enjoying our program, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. And if you'd like to be a part of our growing community, send us an email to reach at mavenrec.com so we can keep you in the loop on all things events related, updates, and more. If you have any recommendations, comments, or guest referral ideas, we'd love to hear from you as well. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Reach. This is your host, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, Jessica Van. And I have Katie Thomas with me today. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. How are you? I'm so good. So excited to be here. Oh, yay. So are we. We're so excited. This has been a a while in coming. So this is great to actually have you here with us. Uh, We had the pleasure of placing Katie in her role with Postmates, where she supported the CFO And through their recent acquisition by Uber, she's now officially an EA at Uber. Today, we're going to be speaking all about how to stand out and position yourself for success in the interview process, as well as how to really assess fit with a potential company and a potential executive. And if there's anyone who knows how to network, stand out on LinkedIn, make it happen, create a lasting first impression, it is Katie for sure. She is a natural bona fide I'm going to say maven, no pun intended, but that the original meaning of maven is like somebody who's a networker and a connector. Oh, and my gosh. That's why I actually named the firm after that. I did not know that. That's totally. Amazing. You are, I think, <laughs> a, a, a legit bona fide natural maven. So we can always count on you to like or share or repost or anything along those lines. You're, you're someone who's really, really active in the social media sphere. But I think that what I'm excited about talking about um, in relation to our conversation today is how you really leverage that to create your own personal brand as an executive assistant and how you've leveraged that in a very intelligent way in the past to, um, to you know, seek out employment or build your, as I said, personal brand. So super excited for that. Um, if you, the listeners out there, are ever feeling like you get lost among the shuffle of applicants or you're just not even sure what to ask or how to assess a fit in the interview process, then this episode is really geared for you. It's really geared to help you spice up your LinkedIn game, identify new tips. Um, So thank you, Katie, for being here. And thank you, listeners, for listening. So let's talk about first impressions and how to nail them. Uh, Maybe you can share with our listeners the story of how you landed your very first executive assistant role. Yes, I love the story. I have a couple stories actually. So to start off my, you know, executive assistant journey, um, my mom and my sister are both uh, executive assistants. So we have a very type A family household. A lot of parties get done uh, in a very organized and strategic manner. So (laughs) they're uh, they're calendared well in advance. Everyone knows what to bring and what time to show up. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that is, you know, the family business, I guess, if you could say that. Um, So my big sister actually got me my first role at a um, law firm in San Francisco. 
Um, I had only been working there a few months. She's the one that trained me, got me started there. Um, And there was one day when I was working on their main floor, and there was someone coming into the office um, who is a COO um, of, you know, who's the client of that law firm. And um, everyone was in a tizzy. Everyone was really um, nervous that he was coming, this big wig. And so uh, I made sure to look him up online. I wanted to make sure what he looked like um, and so that I recognize him when he come in. So he had come in. I greeted him like I normally would, um, very kind. But um, I made sure to stand up and introduce myself so that if there was anything that he needed, he should just let me know. And so apparently I made a great first impression. The next day, his assistant reached out to me and actually asked to meet, meet up with me um, for a quick 30 minutes. And she had said that I had impressed him so much that they wanted to offer me a position as their receptionist um, at this private equity firm. And so it was just like my head was spinning. I had no idea that one handshake could get me a job you know, offer. And I was only a few months into this law firm position to start. But because they were the client, you know, <laughs> anything they wanted, they could have. And so and they wanted you. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like blown wow. away. And it was just this the coolest job transition. I've, you know, one of the coolest ones I've had, um, where everyone at that position who had just trained me up, um, you know, four or five months in, they were like, we're so excited for you. Like, have fun at your new adventure. And I was like, okay. So that's how I got my first position. That was working the reception desk um, at this private equity firm. And then a year later, after um, I had worked the reception desk and really learned about the office, um, there was an opportunity to to work with one of the very first um, employees of that private equity firm. Um, by far one of my favorite bosses I've had to date, sweetest guy ever. The way that I got the position was actually through just like my energy and my positivity. So we had gone gone on an outing to Soul Cycle. I don't know mm. if you've ever done Soul Cycle. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we actually did it as a team event one time. Yes. It was a lot of fun. It was it was right when it was becoming popular too. No one kind of knew what it was. So we all went in as a group and it was just kind of the funniest and very fun um, thing. But I happened to be seated next to who the person that would have been my uh, executive um, in the future. And I was just laughing the whole time at this class. <laughs> um, I, I love working out. And so that piece of it was fun for me. But the the instructor was just playing blasting DMX and like blasting all this like Bay Area music. And growing up here, it's just like brought me back. And I was just laughing the whole time, having the best time. And so that that class actually, you know, got me in front of him where I usually wouldn't at the reception desk. And he just loved my energy. He loved the way I reacted to, you know, you could react any way to that class. You could hate your life or you can just have fun with it. And just, yeah. So he loved that, I think, about me. And we really got along well with that. We're both very positive people. And so um, just having the opportunity and going out of my comfort zone, you know, ended up getting me one of the very first employees at that company. And so he really took me under his wing and um, just told me, you know, explained things to me about the company. And it was just a really good experience. So this is two jobs that you've gotten essentially based upon the quality of your character. Yeah, I I guess you could say that, definitely. So I met you for the first time, I think, six minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) So we go way back, Katie. Um, But as I approached you in the lobby and I I came to 
say hello and introduce myself. I mean, there's a couple of things that stand out about you immediately. And I would I would concur 100% with your previous bosses who see this kind of like innate glow and energy that you possess. Um, it's very apparent. I don't I hope it comes across in the podcast. Um, it's very apparent physically um, that you just have this kind of effusive loveliness about you and and you have you emit a very kind and bright aura and yeah and so I'm not at all surprised that (laughs) this is kind of your superpower and something that that has carried you successfully in your life um what a lovely thing to have and and I think that's also really important to underscore because in the in in the EA role so much of it is really about those interpersonal connections and dynamics. It is, of course, about what you can do and your skills and your abilities and how you can execute and, you know, your project management capabilities and and all of the other kind of nuts and bolts that are so essential. But so much about the EA role, too, is how you make people feel, Mm -hmm. whether it's your executive or the executive's around your executive or their team leads or their direct reports or whoever it is. So much of it is, is like, your ability to kind of diffuse situations or bring levity into a room or a crisis or calm or whatever it is. So I, I'm hoping as we go through this conversation that um, one, people can can sense that in you, but also maybe you can share kind of how you how you've learned how to show up in life and, and how you bring those qualities into those first impression dynamics and mm-hmm. also, you know, the way that you come across um in interview processes and on social media and all the things that we're still going to talk about because I, I, I really think that's so, so, so important. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have an updated LinkedIn profile and a sharp headshot photo and, you know, a professional um, picture, all of those types of things. But beyond those kind of basic fundamental things, what can an EA do to truly stand out among the crowd and create a strong and recognizable online brand for themselves curious to know how you've managed to accomplish this. Yeah. So I love LinkedIn. Um, that's definitely the the platform, you know, I use the most. Um, I think what I love about the platform itself is that it has the opportunity to bring the most authentic version of yourself. Um, and so that's probably the first thing I would say to anyone who's starting to, you know, be more active or connect with more folks on that platform it's not to try to copy what someone else is doing and if that doesn't feel right to who you are. Um, so I would just be as authentic as possible in in the way in the things that you like, the things that you comment on to other people, the people you connect with. You know, I think anyone who's on LinkedIn, you start to connect with, you know, the first 50 people that send you messages and you quickly realize that, you know, the things on their feed aren't really matching up with uh with what I want to see. And so you have to be a little picky with that um, because it could be a place that is the inspiration to your morning. You know, it's the place where you can meet people that are on the same page as you on their their goals and aspirations or they are where you want to be. And so um, just being picky, I think, with uh, the people that you accept um, into your your feed. Um, I posted something back in early last year, a few months after I had accepted the role um, at Postmates. And it was a big leap for me. Um, I, I had been at the private equity firm I was at for almost five years. And so that was just um, a place that was familiar. So um, at the beginning of the pandemic, at the start, uh, I had interviewed with Postmates 
and I had completely started remotely. I'd interviewed remotely. I had started remotely. And this was three months in, and I just knew that I was in the right place. I had great connections with people, and I was having such a great time with the work I was doing there. And so I posted on LinkedIn and just was, like, inspired by that that moment I had three months down the line where I'm where I need to be. I'm just really pumped about that. And so I posted about it, and it got, like— over 300,000 like mentions and likes and people were just inspired by that and I think so many people were lost at the beginning of the pandemic and how how do I how do I feel inspired and and look back on what I've accomplished and be proud of that and so that was just a really cool thing for me I'm not going to be to try to be an expert in something I don't know about that was just me feeling grateful um, in that moment and reminiscing and um just being excited for where I was. And a lot of people resonated with that. So maybe being an expert in in recognizing my value and the accomplishments I had made um, really touched people. So I was that was an inspiring uh, moment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that, it sounds like you really tapped into um, kind of an existential <laughs> thing that everyone, especially at that time, gosh, I mean, mm-hmm. that was three months into such a, a heinous period um, in our, in our world. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's really amazing. And and I, and I like what you shared about being authentic to what, what it is that you do and and what it is that you know, and, you know, just kind of giving, um, a, a sense or giving people access to kind of your, your thoughts, your, impressions who you are I think that there's something very personal about sharing 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 of yourself and it sounds like you were coming at it from a very vulnerable and open place and it was received by a lot of people because I think again as I said like it just really tapped into things um I I like I, I really like what you said about being mindful as well about who you kind of um connect to I think that as we know, I mean, anybody who knows how a feed works, it, it, who you connect to pulls in all of their things, postings, yitty, 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 yeah, commentary. And I don't think that you can underestimate the significance that those stimuli can have on you. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think, again, going back to being really thoughtful about what do I want to be inundated with? Because the reality is, like, you're going to be inundated. The, the, the volume of information, the volume of stimuli is just, it's, it's, it's incessant and it's relentless. So you really have to curate and consider, what do I want to like blow myself up with today. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> do I want to saturate myself with, you know, Buddhist quotes for well-being or do I want to saturate myself with, you know, like lip injections? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe both. Right, right. Totally <laughs> maybe up bo- to you. Maybe a balance is <laughs> right. good, you know. But it's. I think that's really important to consider that because your social media brand, the one that you externally promote, but also what you personally subject yourself to, are, are equally important in, in, in considering. Yeah, definitely. I know that you're a lover of all things networking. So have you always been comfortable and excited about networking? Or, you know, for our listeners who are kind of hearing this and going, ah, like I'm shrinking in my chair. I don't want to network. I'm so uncomfortable with this idea. I hate this idea. You know, what are some of the benefits of breaking out of your comfort zone and putting yourself out there? And you know, I, 
again, I'd love to know if this was something that you were always comfortable doing or if it's something that you've kind of developed a comfort around. Um, but what have you learned along the way and, and how has this really benefited you and benefited your career by being extroverted in, in this way? I was definitely not always comfortable with that. I am an introvert at heart. You know, I can turn on the extrovert side of me when I need to, but um, in order to for myself to recharge and what I enjoy is the introverted behind the scenes work <laughs> as an EA. Uh, so this is not something that I knew um, or was or was an expert at before. But um, I think with the stories I mentioned before, I just learned the value of what a small step or a small, even a a handshake, the impact that could have on my career, I experienced it personally. And so I knew that if I didn't take a shot in certain areas where I had the opportunity that I'd probably regret it or, you know, that I just wouldn't experience what I could fully from that. So um, I have one instance where I just took a leap of faith. Um, I was a backup coverage for someone, uh, one of the EAs who was out on vacation and I had her executive who was former Salesforce and he was rescheduling a meeting that he had um, on the Salesforce side and he was one of the top leadership there and his EA, I was reaching out to her to reschedule this meeting and I happened to do a quick Google search um, and she w- had this really impressive background and she was where I wanted to be, you know, five or 10 years from now. And I just recognized that right away. And so as I had rescheduled with her promptly and, you know, we were friendly back and forth on email, I just got a good vibe from her and I you know, started drafting an email to her asking if she'd ever be open to grabbing a coffee or a drink and, you know, I had it in my draft for probably 10, 10 minutes, maybe 30 minutes uh, waiting, like, is this appropriate? I'm not sure, you know, and I finally, you know, my mantra, I think now is the worst they could say is no, or the worst they could do is just not respond. And that's okay. Uh, so I ended up sending it and she was so kind and so sweet. And we ended up going and grabbing a drink a few weeks later. And she had this most eclectic background and just was this very human um, and kind person. And so she really helped me think through what my next step would be, you know, if and and helped me, you know, compare my experience to hers and 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 finding out that there's EAs out there that have, you know, stumbled through their career just like I have trying to figure out where they fit, um, have had bad bosses and how do you navigate that you know stories are just so powerful and connecting with other EAs has been such a great experience for me and so that was really the first moment where I I learned that that connecting with um, other EAs similar to my position who understood what I was going through um, it was so powerful and so that really jump-started me being more bold through uh, LinkedIn and um, other places like that. So it was a really good experience, and we still keep in contact, which is awesome. After I had gotten the position at Postmates, it was my first time assisting anyone in the C-suite position, and so I was really nervous, (laughs) excited but nervous. And so I decided to take to LinkedIn, and I messaged (laughs) probably, you know, I requested... Um, connecting to these folks. And I also messaged probably like 30 to 40 different admin who all supported CFOs in the tech industry because I just really wanted to connect with them. This was my first time in the tech space. Um, 
and working for C-Suite. So I, I wanted to see if they had any tips, tricks, things like that. And so I connected with, um, ended up being only like a few that responded because obviously they, they're busy and some people aren't as active on LinkedIn to begin with, which I understood. But those few people that I was able to connect with, I still connect with to this day and are still one of my biggest cheerleaders um, as I transition to new roles. And, and so it's just been really cool. Um, even now, I think it's been more opening during the pandemic and working from home. You know, it's so easy to just pick up on a 30 minute Zoom, you know, and and connect with people all over the country, um, different time zones, things like that. And so it's been it's been awesome. So I've I've been loving connecting with people and continuing that. But it all took that first yeah. that first step to really um, just take the leap. And and it's okay if you get a no, but you just got to do it. Totally. And I think most people are genuinely kind. Not all, but <laughs> but I think that especially in, in in your approach, you know, if you're approaching them from a position of like, hey, you know, I really admire what you've achieved. I I hope to, you know, get to a similar place at, at some, you know, at, at, my goal is to get to a similar place at some point. And I, I think that there's something very um, endearing about receiving a message like that. And, and I think that most people fundamentally do appreciate the ability to kind of mentor in, in some way. Um, so, you know, not being as fearful and just kind of trusting in the kindness of strangers, so to speak. Um, but also like when, you know, when I hear the word networking, and just to clarify for our listeners, you know, networking doesn't always mean stepping into a stadium of 2,000 strangers and walking around and handing out your card and <laughs> saying, hi, I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Katie. Hi. Right. That doesn't always that is not networking. There's other ways of networking. And I think that you're highlighting um, taking kind of a very abstract and maybe intimidating word and making it something that feels more personalized. So if you think about networking on a one-to-one basis versus a me versus a stadium strangers basis, I think that's a lot more of a comforting way, even for an introvert, as you describe yourself, of approaching that whole um, that whole idea and that whole thing. Um, so I really like that example and kind of seeking out the commonalities um, that you might have with someone and using that to leverage you know, the, the relationship. Definitely. Yeah. I think when people, when they think of networking events, it's the, it's the cocktails, mixers right after the work day, you know, draining, at least for me, it's ex- extremely draining. And so finding that right method or tool that works for you is so pivotal. And, totally. and so don't be intimidated if you don't fit the, the, you know, cultural mold of networking, you know, you have to find your own way. Exactly. So clearly, as you've as you've demonstrated through this conversation, you know, relationships are something that are really important to you. So tell us how you've approached the interview processes that you've gone on and specifically, you know, how you assess the opportunities for a relationship in those interactions, whether the relationship be with the executive, um, with the company, with your colleagues. How do you really dig in and assess if if the right things are in place for that to really take root? I had been, you know, at the private equity firm that I kind of landed in for five years. And so 
as I had started thinking about what was my next move, it took a lot of inward reflection, um, what was important to me and what was something I would wake up and be excited for every day. Um, I, you can do anything for, for forever if you're passionate about it um, and you love the people you work with. And so it's so important to take your time and not just, you know, be quick about just interviewing or um, putting your name in a hat for companies that you might not be passionate about. So for me, starting with that, figuring out what space I wanted to be in and what what big idea I wanted to help drive was important. So um, as I was looking at different opportunities and working with um, your amazing team, uh, something that was important to me was um, mission-driven companies, um, and I wanted to be a part of the tech space and, and work in um, a company that I could understand, actually. Um, you know, I could see what the goal was and I could help execute it. Um, it's easy. You can work for a company and you kind of don't know what's going on um, sometimes. And so I wanted to to know how I was helping the world and how I was contributing. Um, so that was important to me. So reflecting on that, I think finding the right executive is, is really pivotal. Um, for me, it was important to find an executive who was willing to grow with me. Um, I've had managers in the past that just see the EA or, you know, the secretarial role and they don't see how it could go farther or how it can expand. And so working with someone who knew what my goals were and they could see and help me, you know, navigate that um, would was going to be something I was looking for. I was very thorough or tried to be when talking with people and, and asking um, certain questions about how they, how they, their day to day, how much time do they spend with their direct reports? What's important to them? What are the priorities for them in their business as well as their personal life? And do those line up with my priorities? Were um, some big questions uh, that I was asking. And lastly, it would be if there are other executive assistants I'm working with, um, are they also excited about their growth? Are they? willing to help and um, help me understand what's going on um, and just kindness within that as well. I think that's just my my big goal in life is just working around other kind people. I think you also mentioned, you know, with the, the soul cycle example too, <laughs> just an executive that you could laugh with, that right. you could just kind of banter with and have fun with and just diffuse situations with, right? Laughter does so much for those things. Um, I really liked that. I think that's just a, 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 just a really human way of connecting, you know? Totally. For me, and knowing my work style and how I work best, that's usually a question I'll ask. For me, I like having face-to-face um, communication whenever I can, just because there's so many things that you can pick up on in a meeting when you can see the person and see their reaction to questions you have. And so for me... I've had executives that, you know, don't take the time to connect that way. And so when I was, you know, being introduced to people at Uber who I was going to support, that was a question I had just like, hey, do you mind even 15 minutes a week or 30 minutes a week on Zoom, not on like the phone, not um, just via email? Like for me, that's how I communicate best. So a lot of that was also 
being bold and communicating my needs and how I how I can work best and how I can be the best partner to them is taking care of myself as well. And um, so connecting is important to me and explaining my style, all those things. I think it's very easy for people to feel lost in the shuffle of interviewing and the shuffle of applying for things, um, feeling like they don't know how to stand out. So what tips do you have for being memorable in the interview process, um, even just in terms of kind of your own personal brand? How, how do you ensure that you make a lasting and favorable impression? I think for me, like we were talking about, a, a superpower I feel like I have is my positivity. And so making sure as I go into that interview or that, that Zoom call is is I'm putting forth that my best self and I'm putting that forward um, so that people understand who I am right off the bat, you know, um, and that sometimes I might, that might not work for everyone. And so just making sure I'm being authentic to myself and who I am um, so that I can weed out who that, who might not be a right fit as well. Um, and I think communicating the things you're most excited for about that role are really important. It's easy for, you know, it's easy to be asked questions the whole time and not come prepared with ones of your own um, or points of why you want to work there and, and what's important to you and the things that are exciting to you about what that company is doing. And so um, making sure that you really hit on those things, I think that the interviewer um, really, they really care about is the big idea or goal, something they've been working towards for how who knows how long, um, are they willing to is the EA willing to partner with them and really drive that home um, and work as hard as they are and care as much as they do? And so for me, um, I always make sure that I am researching what they're doing and the things I want to help with and and come ready to communicate that and just be, you know, and share my excitement. And they'll, they'll feel that, hopefully, in the interview. So being specific right. about knowing what their initiatives are, knowing what their goals are. And that's to go back to, to bring it full circle to social media and, and, and kind of personal brand. There's a lot that you can typically um, ascertain by spending some time looking at what people um, follow, the types of comments that they make, the types of articles that they publish, their thought leadership, whatever the case may be. That says a lot about what their value system is. So you can go into that, into that conversation already having somewhat of a sense of maybe what's important to them. So I think to your point, being memorable also means being specific and targeted about the things that they care about and being able to appeal to their sensibilities and by relating to their sensibilities and taking the time to understand what those are. Totally. And I think, like you said, you know, it's it's so much more fun to work for a company that you're proud of as well. And so being on LinkedIn and being active like I am, it's so much more fun to be able to share what the company is doing and the work that they're doing and how I'm partnering with them. And, and so it's been really fun to work for companies that are doing good in the world and, and to, to be proud of that. What about in the aftermath of the meeting? So I think a lot of people wrestle with what's the appropriate follow-up post a meeting, post an interaction, post a conversation, whatever the case may be. Do you have any thoughts on that and in terms of how you've been effective in that way? 
I think that it's just for me communicating my my gratitude afterwards is just something that I always do and it's just a small but effective way to to let them know that that you're just grateful for their time and so I mean that's pretty basic I, I don't do anything over the top I've seen people like that send donuts and like send little gift baskets I think that's so sweet but um, I try to keep it basic um, and so just sending sending a thank you is is pivotal obviously if you're not doing that you definitely should so final question for you, Katie. You already know what's coming. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> the so question. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting and wanting, right? Thinking about this. So, okay. Um, shall I ask it or do you, already, do you want to ask yourself? <laughs> <this>? do <laughs> I you don't want to cut know? you off. <laughs> yeah, please. Okay. I need the full experience. Oh, okay. Here we go. The full experience. <laughs> if you could support anyone throughout the course of history or time, who would you choose to support and why? Such a great question. And I love, love, love hearing all the responses that people give. It just, it's just so fun. Simon Sinek. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's fantastic. Yeah, totally. Um, he was so influential during my big growth time and me taking a leap, you know, and just understanding how I wanted to, how I wanted to work and, and the why. And so that was huge and pivotal. So if you haven't heard of Simon Sinek, he is like the top three, you know, third, top third te- TED Talk um, ever of all time. And he has these, a few fantastic books, but one that was really powerful for me was, you know, start with, start with your why. Well, Katie, thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to meet you. This has been such a lovely and, and lively conversation and you're every bit as lovely as your reputation suggests. Thank so, you so thank much. you. And also thank you for how supportive you've always been to us. Um, as I, I kind of hinted at this, but I mean, you, you really have always been so supportive and, and so vocal with um, supporting this podcast with initiatives that we're working on. And I, I really, really appreciate um, just your engagement with what we're trying to do. And um, so just thank you. Thank you. I love <laughs> everything you guys do, the work you do for the EA community. It's it's amazing. So I love you guys. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.